You're listening to a Radio 1 91FM podcast. I'm on air with John Mormon. Kia ora, John. Your recent article in The Conversation mm-hmm. was about the number eight wire policy that New Zealand's defence budget has regarding their defence force and the idea that, especially now in the current geopolitical climate, that it may require a bit more of a review especially considering now this year we've seen a heavy focus on New Zealand's security policy and defence policy. We've seen a bit of a, in a way, a gift basket of some security strategies being released at the same time and the Ministry of Foreign Affairs has said that it's a grim political geopolitical future. So I suppose the first question to ask is, um, is this a reflection of is New Zealand's focus on security now just a growing ref- a reflection of international security concerns, and is showing that New Zealand's actually starting to pay attention to the current geopolitical climate? Yeah, that's right. Look, it's um, we're seeing a shift in you know, the geostrategic security type um, relationships and challenges around the world, and there's increasing focus on our own region, the Asia Pacific. We've, of course. China um, mm-hmm. emerging as, I guess, a, a challenge in the medium to long term in terms of how do you deal with uh, the shift, the dynamics of sh- uh, shifting power bases. We we've, we had a 20th century where the United States emerged as the big power. Mm-hmm. Um, there was always with a standoff in the old days of the Cold War with the Soviet Union, but now that standoff is with China, which is emerging itself. So we're, we've got this challenge more or less in the backyard, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So New Zealand, like all countries in the region and worldwide, are reassessing threats and and starting to consider, well, what is needed as we go forward to make the country mm-hmm. secure, essentially. And I guess that leads on quite well to my next question, is which is... What has New Zealand been doing in recent years to, I suppose, improve its defence force in regard to these security concerns? Um, look, it's it's been assessing needs and also there have been some important investments in recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, the security challenge, in a way, is twofold. We've got a, a double whammy occurring of the changing international dynamics but also global warming is going to put Mm -hmm. increasing pressure on you know island states to the north and that in itself is going to add to insecurity in the region so what new zealand has been looking at over say the last well decade or so is developing a capability to project force up into the pacific Mm -hmm. that includes um, naval force amphibious um, capability but also um, the monitoring of the region. So a very important procurement in recent years has been the P-8A mm-hmm. uh, maritime surveillance aircraft, which can both be used both to help monitor what's happening mm-hmm. in the waters around New Zealand, but also, if necessary, can engage in such activities as anti-submarine warfare. So um, on the horizon, the Air Force is um, purchasing new C-130H Hercules Mm -hmm. transport aircraft to replace aircraft that are roughly four decades old. So it's a a matter of increasing 
the capability, the ability to reach up into the Pacific and down towards the um, Antarctica mm-hmm. when that time comes. Uh, on the more distant horizon, the the Navy's going to be needing to replace its warships in about 10 years' time, so that will become a uh, a significant project for New Zealand. And for all three services, just the ongoing uh, continual process of uh, monitoring technological and social developments mm-hmm. and uh, determining what new procurements and what forms of new training may be required to prepare the forces for the future as well as being able to operate with our allies mm-hmm. so tremendous challenge yeah and on that idea of emerging technologies and we've got such things as artificial intelligence we consistently see now we've actually seen more nuclear proliferation happening what I suppose, is there a way that New Zealand can keep up with this regarding the current budget? Because is this something that will require the budget to be increased regarding these, all these new emerging technologies? Will it have to be go back to about, you know, was it 1991? It was 2.26%? Yeah, I... New Zealand, like a lot of countries, has over the years cut defence budgets uh, mm-hmm. in both in real terms and also as a proportion of gross domestic product. New Zealand's probably cut more than most. And so as the security environment evolves, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I suspect governments are going to need to look at what can be, um, basically, where can we find the extra funding to do what mm-hmm. is necessary? I mean, one of one of the... Uh, one of the things that we vote a government in to do. Um, there's a number of things we vote them in to do, but, you know, running the country, providing essential services and securing the nation. So um, it's it's an important area that can't be neglected. Mm-hmm. Uh, the extent to which defence budgets will need to raise rise in the future, I think, is still unclear. Okay. But we may need to prepare ourselves for having to pay more for defence in 10, 15, 20 years' time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, do you think that with the way that the military is going, the defence forces going, do you think that in ten to fifteen years' time there may be a greater need as well for, in terms of salaries and wages for the soldiers and enlisted servicemen and women? Do you think that that will be an issue that will come up in the next ten to fifteen years? The idea that maybe pay will have to be increased because there seems to be a bit of a it seems to be a bit of a dark spot at the moment in terms of recruitment, and they're finding it quite hard to recruit, especially those who are going through the STEM process of universities and everything. Do you think that is going to be another big issue going forward? Yeah, look, recruitment and also retention, um, mm-hmm. the two go hand in hand. It's it's always a challenge for defence forces, um, but we're in a an environment now where um, the defence force is competing with other industries for essentially the same people. Um, right. They want, for the most part, what you need is young or youngish, physically fit or people who can be made physically fit and intelligent mm-hmm. people, educate, well-educated, um, intelligent people who are going to be able to both handle the situation that they'll be facing but also... Um, working with those new technologies, understanding what they are. So it places a real pressure on 
the defence force going forward that it needs to be competitive in terms mm-hmm. of offering both a decent... Well, it offers good income as it is, but it's not necessarily competitive with what's going on in the rest of the market. Mm-hmm. We're used to shortages in different areas. You know, there are shortages of doctors and nurses, for example. Mm-hmm. We're now seeing that there's a potential for shortages of service personnel, people willing to actually join the armed forces because you're not just taking on a job that you can you know change in six months time if you don't like it Mm -hmm. Um, you actually are committing to a service role and responsibility and that needs to be reflected in the remuneration and other conditions that are offered Mm -hmm. so um, going forward I think that will become a pressure for defense budgets Mm -hmm. Uh, it's already a pressure in a way in that the the challenge of recruiting and retaining people is already there. Mm-hmm. You could say that perhaps governments needed to think about this side of it five years before. Right, yeah. And so do you think that this is going to be an issue with the upcoming elections? Do you think that this will be a big focus? Because I guess this year in particular, we've seen a lot of stuff with the AUKUS, the intelligence service just released their reports about the China, Russia and Iran being large cybersecurity threats. Do you think that this is going to be a big problem in the election or uh, do you think that it should be a big issue? Look, I think both sides of politics understand the the situation as it as it um, is being encountered. Mm-hmm. Both sides receive briefings on on the changing strategic situation. Both sides of or all sides of politics are very aware of um, what our region and the international community are facing in terms Mm -hmm. of um, security challenges and issues around insecurity. Um, So I don't, in in that sense, I don't, personally don't see it as a big political issue. It's Mm -hmm. more the fact that in order to secure New Zealand and its interests and help to safeguard the interests of our close regional partners and small island states Mm -hmm. that are in the South Pacific that in part rely on New Zealand for security. Um, In order to do that, both sides, I think, acknowledge that they will need to um, find the funding that's necessary for the Defence Force to be able to go forward. Mm -hmm. And so I haven't seen any real pushback in terms of, you know, oh, no, we've got to spend more money on defence. That's not right. We should be spending it on hospitals. I think it's just one of of those essential service deliveries for all governments that that attention has to be paid for. Mm -hmm. Big ticket items... um, like warships in the future are not always popular with the um, New Zealand public. Mm-hmm. They do cost in the billions of dollars, and yet um, they are necessary. And so it's going to be up to governments and the defence force to help to educate the public as to why they are needed. What is the mm-hmm. value for money of these major projects? That was a Radio One ninety one FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.